I appreciate the opportunity to, to be here. I appreciate Brother Jeff giving me that opportunity. Uh, Brother Jeff, I, I can't say that we've, uh, we, I mean, we, we've known each other for several years. In fact, I filled in when he was pastor at, at uh, Fair Play Missionary Baptist Church some years ago. Uh, part of that was my wife taught at Glen Rose High School, and, and uh, it's just kind of how, how, how things go. But uh, so we were in the same area uh, some years ago, and, and I can remember filling in for him. I know Brother Jeff's brothers and uh, went to school with one of his brothers, Brother Larry uh, Chrysler, and uh, uh, just it's funny how, how, how many connections there are. Uh, Sherry and I were, uh, grew up here in southwest Arkansas. I grew up in Delight, or Delight, however you wish to say it, and uh, Sherry grew up in Wicks, but, so Arkadelphia was no stranger to us. As I mentioned, we are sent out by Summit Baptist Church in Pine Bluff. I'm very excited about what God is doing in Springdale. So I just want to briefly mention in this part just three things that, 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 that about the work, our family, our mission field, and then also about our plans. Uh, first of all, I just want to mention just who we are. Uh, my family and I, we're just half of us are here today. Sherry's here, and hopefully you've met her. Thank you, Caleb. And uh, our children are not with us. They're at their other grandparents' house today. And, and uh, Abigail, we have a 13-year-old daughter named Abigail and an almost 10-year-old son. Ten years going on 25. Just he's, He thinks he knows a lot. Uh, he's a good kid, though. Adam is nine right now. In 2016, I'd been the pastor at Redfield Missionary Baptist Church in Redfield, Arkansas. If you know where that is, I was there for just over 10 years, and, and God opened a door for us to move to northwest Arkansas. wasn't really sure what was next, but I knew uh, we knew it was time for us to move, and it was time to go there, so we said yes to God. Over the next several months, uh, through much prayer and through much uh, just research and looking and looking in, in the area and living in the area, uh, we realized there's a need. There's a need for churches in northwest Arkansas, and, and God put it upon our hearts to start a church in Springdale. We moved to Springdale last May, uh, May 2017, and we have served at Pathway Baptist Church in Fayetteville for about a year and a half, uh, waiting uh, for what was next as we prepared to start a, start a church. We started a small group as part of Pathway from our home, and that was really good. God blessed that, and, uh, and great things came there. Uh, but now we're getting started on our own. We do have partners in this work, and uh, I don't know if they, do you have a picture up there? Uh, just going to refer to our partners. Uh, Greg and Amy Devine uh, are our partners. They are graduates of Henderson State University, both he and his wife. I, I don't remember the exact year, but uh, Greg's 40, so, so you do the math there, uh, and maybe that picture will show up. And you might recognize him. Uh, Greg and his family will be joining us. Greg is not only a graduate of Henderson, he's also a graduate of Texas Baptist Institute, and he served in youth ministry and music ministry, and he will be working a job in Springdale, and, but also serving as leader in the new church. And uh, we hope that they'll be moving up here in the next few months. There, there's a picture up now if you wish to see it. Uh, that's, that's Greg, and, and they have a large family, by the way. They have several children. Um, so let me tell you about Springdale, our mission field. Uh, and, and by the way, you can look this way, and if there's anything important back there, I'll make a, make a note of it. So make it, make it all less awkward, right? Uh, and by, I don't know if it was explained, there's a, a bulb out, and that just happens. That just happens. You can't predict these things. So, uh, well, let me, just let me tell you about Springdale. Population of Springdale is about 80,000, 79,599 to be exact uh, in the last estimate. That's grown from uh, about 45,000 just 17 years ago. 
And so it keeps growing. Uh, Springdale's the fourth largest city in Arkansas. In Benton and Washington counties, the two counties that are on the, uh, the Benton is in the most northwest county of the state, and then Washington is just south of there. Just those two counties alone, there's 500,000 people in those two counties. And it is one of the, gro the fastest growing areas, uh, not just in our state, but in our nation as well. Springdale itself is, is about 80,000, as I mentioned, and, and it's a diverse city. It's a, it's a young city. In fact, uh, if, if you consider just kind of how, how old uh, everyone is, say, zero to nine, and then, then those who are 10 to 19, and those in their 20s and 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, nearly three out of four people is under 45 years old. There's, there's quite a few young adults, quite a few uh, kids, quite a few teenagers, and uh, in fact, uh, the, the numbers on our school district reflect that. Springdale School District is now, this year, according to this year's numbers, is the largest school district in Arkansas, even bigger than Little Rock School District now. So it is growing. There's lots of families, lots of kids, lots of businesses, lots of things that kind of draw people to the area, and Springdale's right in the center of it, right in the middle of, of northwest Arkansas. There are churches there. But not everybody, not every church is reaching everyone, and also not every uh, church is, is preaching and teaching the truth. And so we've seen that. We've, we've come across that as we've met people. Uh, the numbers bear out this. A statistic I've found is that only about 52% of people consider themselves to be religious of any kind, which that's saying that we're something. We claim to be something. Uh, but that doesn't automatically equal being a child of God, being a believer in Jesus Christ. So uh, we, we, the number of, of believers and the number of committed Christians is, is a lot less than half. And, and we don't know the exact number, but we've seen that there's a need for a church in Springdale that preaches the true gospel and reaches people to make disciples of Jesus Christ. So let me tell you what our plans are to establish a church in Springdale. Uh, our vision statement is to uh, establish a growing, self-supporting church that, will make, that is making disciples of Jesus Christ and planting other churches. Ultimately, that's the goal, is to plant other churches, and not only in northwest Arkansas, but in other parts of the world. But we're going to begin with one. Uh, focus areas uh, at this point, uh, we, we're going to focus on three different things. Uh, small group ministry, uh, just gathering together. We've seen how well that can work. Uh, and every church does it a little bit differently. It's all kind of the, uh, a similar thing where, where you have a larger group meeting and then you also have group, smaller groups of people who gather together. Sunday school is a small group ministry. Uh, we're going to do things a little uh, differently as, as what we've learned at Pathway where uh, we meet in homes and, and uh, gather and, and read God's word and study God's word, but also eat together, pray together. Um, you know, fellowship together, those kind of things. Small group ministry will be important. Sunday services will be important. Also, kids and teen ministry. Our ministry plan right now, there's four steps to it. Uh, we're in step one and also in step two. Uh, and step one is deputation. That is doing exactly what I'm doing right now, just sharing with churches what's going on, just to let you know if you would pray for us and, and then consider perhaps also supporting us. Uh, but that's what we're doing right now. We'll be doing that for the next several months. But then also step two is, is uh, our, our small group time has begun. Just one month ago, about, we've had four meetings so far. September 4th was our first meeting. We meet on Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock. We eat and, get and visit and spend some time together for about 45 minutes. And then for another 45 or more after that, we, uh, we, we consider God's word and we, we pray about things. And, and uh, so we've met together for four weeks now. We've averaged 17 people who've come to our house 
uh, each uh, week. Our average is 17. That's about 10 to 12 adults. I've been praying for 20, 20 adults this semester, all told, and I think that number so far is just 14, 13, 14. I haven't looked recently, but uh, so we're praying for some more people to come and be a part of this this semester, and then we hope to expand from there. Uh, whenever we've reached kind of a group that, that's a good solid core group, we're going to begin having Sunday services. That means we'll need to rent a place and, and, and begin. Uh, just There's a lot of things that go into, as you know, there's a lot of things that go into having a Sunday service, not just the, uh, the one, a man speaking, preaching God's word. There's a lot of other people who are serving. And, and so that's part of the reason we need a core group of people to help serve there. And, and, uh, and, and then we'll continue from there. And then at some point way down the road, uh, we'll need land in a building, more permanent place. So uh, our needs are three things. Prayer partners, we're asking people to pray for us. And that card you received uh, is a prayer card. And anytime you look at that card, I ask that you would just pray for us. Pray for what's going on. Pray for God to do big things in Springdale. If you want to join our prayer team, so to speak, if you want to receive more regular updates about the work, then you can do that. There's a, 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 on the, there's a table out at the back there. Uh, as you leave out, you can see a place you can put your name and email address, and I'd be glad to send you a report uh, monthly. And if you want to know more about what's going on and what you can pray for, we're also seeking financial partners, and that is those who might, uh, we're asking churches just to pray about it, and if God is leading you to be a part of our prayer team, or excuse me, be a part of our, help us with ministry and building expenses, possibly even monthly, then we'd be happy about that. Just pray and see if God's leading you to support the work, and if he is, praise the Lord, and if he's leading you to partner with other works, then praise the Lord for that too. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for God's kingdom work. And then the last thing is just partners. Ministry partners, field partners, just partners. But what I mean by that is that, that, that people who might be in northwest Arkansas, who, who are in northwest Arkansas, that you might know, um, if, if you would do a couple of things. Maybe you know somebody who lives in or near Springdale who's not part of a church. You just do a couple of things. One, tell them about us, about what we're doing, that there's a new church starting there, and maybe put a bug in their ear and say, hey, I met this guy who's, who's going up there, he's already there, he's starting a church, and, and just put that, put that thought in their head. But then also the other thing is, is tell us about them. And that is just, maybe you, I know it's kind of uncomfortable giving someone else's contact information, but maybe a cell phone number, an email address, or, or something like that, and I'll, I'd love to reach out to them. Just to, just to invite them and see if they might be interested in coming and be a part of what we're doing. So a couple of things there. Just tell them about us and then tell us about them. And, and on the table also there's a little white card that you can jot down some information. But uh, you can find out more about our work in two places. On the card it's got uh, the, our website, springdalechurchplanning.org, and then also uh, our Facebook page. It has the link there for our Facebook page as well. If you have any questions for me, I'd love to answer anything you may have uh, if, to the best of my ability after we're done this morning. But let's look to God's Word, and I think probably we can go ahead and turn on the lights there. There was more to the PowerPoint, but I just wanted you to see Greg and, Greg and Amy there. So, um, But let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4 this morning, Ephesians chapter 4. God's plan in this world for His work is through His churches. That's, that's what Jesus did. He established his church on earth, and he equipped that church to, to do the work in his absence. Now understand this, that God forgives us of our sins when we accept Jesus Christ as Savior. That makes us right with God individually. 
When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are made right with God. Well, God wants us to do the very best we can after we accept Christ as Savior. He, he actually calls us to something greater than just where we are and where we were maybe when we first accepted Christ. God calls us to greater things. He calls us to, to do what the Bible says to do. And some of the things in the Bible are maybe a little difficult. Some of they sound really easy. Things like love one another. That sounds wonderful until you find that person who's just really hard to love. And sometimes that's a difficult thing to do, but, but that's a greater thing that God calls us to. Another thing that God calls us to do that we find in, in God's Word is to serve and be a part of one of God's churches, because that's how God's work works in this world, is through His churches. So let's consider this. Let's, let's talk about what God says about church, and think about three things from Ephesians chapter 4, verses, four excuse me, verses 11 through 13. The first thing is this, that God made churches. When we see this organization here in verse 11, it says in verse 11, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. This is, this is God's structure. This is God's organization to His work. He gave. The idea is that He gave as a gift. A gift is usually a beneficial thing, right? When you receive something, it's good. It's beneficial, it's useful, it's helpful, it's enjoyable. And this is, this is the idea. God gave this. These are good things. Pastors are good things. Teachers are good things. These other roles are good things. God gave churches leaders. And church leaders are to help churches to obey God's word. And there's five things, five roles that were listed that were active at that time. Uh, the first couple of them are more foundational, and we know that they're foundational from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, where it specifically says that apostles and prophets were foundations uh, of, of God's work in the church. Apostles had a very special role with authority to continue the work of Jesus after his death, burial, and resurrection, and then ascension to heaven. They, they, they were given the authority to continue on the work of, uh, of, of Jesus. They were actually sent out with orders. To do the work. That's really the idea of this, this role. There were 11 apostles that, that were after Jesus. Uh, there were 12, but Judas Iscariot. It's kind of confusing to think about him and what his role exactly was. But after Jesus died and, and in the upper room, there were 11 left. And you can make an argument that Matthias was uh, also an apostle, but Paul definitely was an apostle. Uh, these guys had authority. To, to do what God wanted them to do. And as far as we can tell, there's no replacement of these roles, and so we don't have a need for this role today. They were very foundational. Prophets also, they were an important role. They received direct messages from God as the Holy Spirit directed. But there's a, a great case, especially in 1 Corinthians 13, that this role has ceased. And, and, and again, this is a foundational role, from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, it specifies that. Uh, we now have God's Word, and we have everything. If we could just do what God's Word says, then, then we'd be all right and do what He says. But prophets served an important function as well. Evangelists announce the good news. That's the idea of this term. The, 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 the Word itself even kind of comes from where we get the term gospel. They're gospel presenters. And some argue that this is referring to missionaries even. They're sent out to do the work of the Lord. And so perhaps we do have this role still in our day and time. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5 says specifically, do the work of an evangelist. Be the one who shares the gospel. 
And, and this is something that, that, that we all need to do, certainly, but, but there's a role in, in God's work for, for those who share the gospel. But then there's these, they're pastors and teachers. Paul linked these two roles together. And pastors are shepherds of a church who provide spiritual care for people and oversee churches. It's an important role. It's a good role. It's a, it's a great thing uh, in God's work. Those who provide care. Uh, the pastoral term, this is, by the way, the only time you'll see the word pastor in the New Testament. This, this place here. Uh, there's other roles that are similar. Bishop overseer, elder, those are good roles, good, good names too, but it's really all the same role. I like what we as Baptists have done and have kind of settled on pastor because a pastor is someone who indicates spiritual care. Just like a shepherd would take care of sheep, a pastor is to take care of the flock and, and provide care. But not only is it providing care, it's also uh, overseeing things and, and uh, teaching as well. And that's why some argue that this is all one role, but really there's two different places to, or parts of it. Teachers instruct people in the truth. And we need that. In a church, we need encouragement. We also need instruction. We also need sometimes correction. And in fact, if you'll read and understand the, the things that, that Paul wrote to Timothy and Titus, some of the things he talks about are, are correcting wrong ideas. And, and so that's part of this role as well. That's what we all need. I'd rather people tell me and help me to understand that I'm wrong about something instead of just letting me continue on thinking that I'm right. And that's, that's part of this role, this spiritual teaching of pastors and teachers Churches need pastors and teachers to lead God's people and to teach God's people what's right. So think about this. God made churches, and here's the organization that he put together of leadership within his churches. This, this, he gave churches leaders. The very fact of all these roles shows that God designed this. God was in this. God designed this, and that churches are important to God. They matter to God. Uh, it's a very important thing for a believer to be a part of a church. Churches are God's plan for his work on earth. Now, each of these roles served an important purpose for God's overall work on earth in the big picture, in kind of the, the overall picture of things. But uh, God also gave these roles to help us individually, to help us as individual believers in Jesus Christ to be what God wants each of us to be. And we need that. We need that. We need help. It's okay to admit that. Sometimes we don't want to admit that we need help. But we need help. We need instruction. We need encouragement. We need, we need one another. And, and the way God designed things here, it starts with, with leadership there. Well, God made churches, and God wants his people to be a part of one of his churches. So, question is, are you part of one of God's churches? It's all good and fine to say, well, that's, that's, this is what you're supposed to do, but... But let's take it home. Are you part of one of God's churches? Maybe God wants you to be a part of this church. Maybe God's led you to be a part of this church. And if that's you today, then, then I encourage you to do whatever God is leading you to do and, and follow him in this. God's plan for his work is through his churches. And I encourage you to be part of the church where God wants you and to serve as God, uh, as the Lord leads you to serve him in his church, in his churches. Second thing to consider, we see it in verse 12. We see that God made churches to help us to serve him. So he made the churches, he organized the churches, he, he put them all together, and he, he, he brings this, uh, using these roles, using these, uh, the leadership structure here, we see that God designed it, he made churches. But let's think about us and how this benefits us. 
God made churches to help us to serve Him. Verse 12 says this, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So here's where this gave comes in. This, this giving is a gift. All right, well, how is this a gift? How is this something for us? Well, it says here, for the perfecting of the saints, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. In the Bible, the word saint it doesn't mean what, what some groups have made it to mean in our day and time. The word saint simply means believer. If you've accepted Christ as Savior, you're a saint. Now I know that sometimes we use that word, well, I'm no saint. What, what people really mean is that they're not really living the way maybe they ought to live. But biblically, the idea of saint is someone who's accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. Are you a saint? I hope so. I hope so. I hope that you've accepted Jesus Christ. And, and if you haven't, understand that you could be right now. You could be today if you put your faith and trust in Christ. The work of ministry is our service to God. And every believer in Jesus Christ should serve God. This is part of God's plan, that every believer in Jesus Christ serve God. God calls us to something greater. He doesn't just say, well, I'm going to save you, and you just kind of go on living your life the way you want to live. No, He calls us to greater things. And part of that is serving God. In fact, we see that in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 explain this. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10, though, says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We're created in Christ for the very purpose of doing good works. Not good in comparison to what other people are doing, but good in comparison to what God says is good. That's what we're to do, is the good works that the Lord wants us to do. question sometimes becomes, what am I supposed to do? What good work, what are good things that I'm supposed to do? What specific role do I have? Well, God has a plan. The work of ministry is our individual service to God. Equipping, or, or perfecting here means making changes over time to make something better or more complete. It can be used in two contexts, or maybe more. But one context is, and one way this word was used in a non-spiritual sense, is if, say you had a broken bone. When you go, if you break a bone and you have to go to the doctor, the doctor just slaps a Band-Aid on it and says, you're done, right? It doesn't work that way. No, you have to have it in a cast, or uh, has to has to be set, Maybe even before that, it has to. It takes some time for that to heal, and, and I hope this never happens. Maybe, maybe it heals in the wrong way. I've heard of this happening where somebody has to, the doctor actually has to break the bone again so that, so that it can heal in the proper way. Well, this is how this word can be used in a non-spiritual context, that, that a broken bone, it, it has to be cared for in such a way so that it can heal over time in the proper way. That works in God's work, because sometimes we're, we're broken. And maybe we're broken emotionally, or maybe that we're broken because our lifestyle does not show forth that we are believers in Jesus, and we need some correction. We need a little breaking. And then we need that correction to be shown how to live the way we ought to live. And that's what we find in God's churches. But another way that this word is used, for example, is in conditioning, physical conditioning. I won't ask. I'll ask it, but you don't have to answer it. Uh, it, could you go out and run 10 miles right now, just without stopping? Not a, nobody's jumping up to do it, right? I don't want to do that. Um, but here's the thing about physical conditioning. You might not be able to do that right now, but if you started small, 
and maybe random. I had to do, I did this last fall where, uh, where I, I ran. Finally, it took me like three months to train to run a 5K, which is not a big deal. It's nothing to brag about. But for the, the first week, I could run about a minute and then stop and then walk for a little bit and run for another minute and stop and walk for a little bit. For, so for the first week, I ran eight minutes out of 30 when I would go out and, and run and walk. Well, after a while, my, I got a little better at it, and I, I've let some of this go. But, but, but my point is this, that over time, you can condition yourself and become a little stronger physically. Same thing can happen spiritually. You might look at your life now and look at your situation now and think, you know, I just never, I can't serve that way. I'm just not equipped for that. I can't do that. Well, maybe not right now, but through leadership, spiritual leadership, through our willingness to, to submit to, to teaching and instruction and grow, we can start to grow and become more of what God wants us to be. Serving God works this way. You may not be able to do certain things right now, but if you trained, if you learned, if you conditioned yourself and, and submitted yourself to, to another person's instruction, to a church's guidance and direction, maybe Maybe you could do some things that you wouldn't expect yourself to do. And I have no doubt that Faith Missionary Baptist Church that is working this way here, that your pastor is leading you and trying to equip you to serve God and others are teaching and encouraging to do what God wants you to do. I have no doubt that it works this way here. But this is what we get, and this is something good that we find in God's Word. This is how God wants it to work. For the perfecting of the saints, and then he says for the... Uh, it says, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. And then he says, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Edify means to build something up. It means to make something better. And the body of Christ is, is a church. God uses leaders to make a church strong. God wants your pastor and others to lead to make the whole church strong. And, and this is how God set things up. But, you know, every person in a church can help with this. By, first of all, following good teaching yourself. If it's good teaching, it's good teaching. And it needs to be followed by all believers. But also by helping other people. By helping other people in this church to grow and to learn. Because if it all depended on one person, that would be very tough. And it could only grow so much. When you think about the number of people you have influence over in your life. You only have so much time to really invest in uh, certain certain people, maybe God's laid somebody on, somebody on your heart, and but maybe you just it just feels like man, I just don't have time because I got my kids, I got my coworkers, I got my you know my family, and those those kind of things, and and sometimes it, it it gets difficult. Well, think about your pastor. Think about if it all just depended on one person, then this church would struggle. I mean, it'd be okay for a while, but then after that, his time is limited. So it takes many people, many leaders within a church to help one another to grow and to be what uh, a church can be. And uh, one of the reasons I believe strongly in, in uh, going out with a partner is for this. If it's just me, if it's just my wife and me, if it's just us, then we can only go so far. But, but with others, as we help others to grow and become leaders and and those kind of things, then, then God can do even greater things. Our, our, our influence multiplies. Our, an entire church can be stronger when believers help one another to grow. And that's a challenge for every person who's part of this church, is to help one another to grow. You don't have it all together. 
But nobody does either. Nobody else in this church has it all together either. If we waited until we were perfect and had everything right to try to help someone else, we'd never get there, and nobody would ever get any help. I encourage you to, to help one another to grow spiritually. God made churches to help us to serve God, and I encourage you to serve God in this church. Third thing to consider is that God made churches to help us to grow. We see that in verse 13, where Paul says this, his whole perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Here's the goal. Here's the goal line here, verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's four things in this verse that teach us our goal as believers in Jesus. Here, here's when we can stop, when we've all come to this point. And understand, we're not all going to come to that point. The point is here, keep growing, keep helping others to grow, keep doing these things. Don't stop. This is a, an ongoing thing, and this is something good that we should be doing. But look at these four things. Till we all come, first of all, in the unity of the faith. Understand this. Because of Jesus Christ, we are united. We are united with God, first of all. We're united with Him. And if you are united with God through Jesus Christ, then understand that every other believer in Jesus Christ also has that same relationship that you have with God. Therefore, we've got something in common that the majority of the world doesn't have in common with you. If we, have, if we are all believers in Jesus Christ, we should be united with other believers in Jesus Christ. And understand this, every problem between Christians can be fixed if we do what God's Word says to do. Do you believe that? That every problem that we might have between another, you and another Christian can be fixed if we just all did what God's Word says to do. struggle is we don't want to do what God's Word says to do. I mentioned from the beginning here of this message that love one another is really easy until you find that unlovable person. But you know, if we do it God's way, then we can, we can work these things out. The unity of the faith. Faith brings unity. Knowledge of the Son of God is the second thing he mentions here. You know, the more we grow in our faith in Jesus Christ, the more knowledge we have of God and the closer we get to God. And it's not just knowing intellectually, having an idea. I know that, that Jesus is the Son of God. I know that God is in control. I know that that there is a God, even. It's not just having an intellectual knowledge. It's having an, a know-by-experience, a know-by-living-it kind of knowledge of God. There's, it's one thing to say, you know, I know God is in control. It's another thing to say, I trust you, God, because you're in control. There's a difference. This is talking about knowing to that point that we trust the Lord, we rely on the Lord, we do what the Lord has us to do. Not just saying, well, I know what's right, but I'm going to do it my way. It's saying, I know what's right, and I'm going to do my best to follow what's right and do what God says to do. When you get to that point, and I know we struggle with that. Even if you do it today, you may struggle with it tomorrow. That's just kind of how our human nature goes. But this is the goal here. We all come to the unity of faith, come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. And then he says the third thing, unto a perfect man. The idea there is that we've reached the goal. Until we get to that point, we've reached that point where we ought to be. I'm not there yet. Maybe you can relate. 
You're not there yet. But, but understand, there is a goal. You know, we're going to struggle sometimes to do what is right. But all, understand that we should strive to be exactly what God wants us to be. We ought not to look at ourselves and say, you know, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm better than that person. I'm better than, than half the people on my block. I'm, I'm better than, than even other people in this church. That's not the goal. The goal is a perfect man. The goal is maturity. And if we're look, taking our, our, our feel, feeling good because we're better than, in our minds than other people, that's not maturity. The goal is a perfection that God sets forth to a perfect man, to the reaching this maturity where we ought to be. And then the fourth thing, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Boy, that really takes it home. Christ is perfect. And I don't know about you, when you're around those people who, who just do it well, you ever kind of find yourself kind of want to knock them down a little bit and, well, let me find some fault in them. You know, and, and we, maybe you do that with Jesus. I'm not saying you want to find fault with Jesus, but sometimes we look at Jesus and we say, man, he's perfect in every way. Well, I'm not Jesus. There's no way I could do it the way Jesus wants me to do it because he was God and I'm not. But understand this, not only is he the standard of perfection, he's also the example. If you do it the way Jesus did it, and by the way, he didn't do anything that's not, that's impossible. He did things that, I'm not talking about his miracles, I'm not talking about the, uh, some of the walking on water or things like that. I'm talking about the way he treated people. I'm talking about the way he withheld speaking from time to time. That gets me in trouble sometimes. I say too much. Maybe it's other things, just basically how to live. He didn't do certain things, and he did do certain things. And everything he did or didn't do was right. It was always right in every situation. If we would do it the way Jesus did it, follow his example, have the attitude that Jesus had, we would be all right. Our measure is Jesus, but understand he's our example. We ought to strive to be like our Savior. We are still sinners, but our goal should be to do more and more and more of what Christ wants us to do. That ought to be our goal. And if you, if you struggle with that, if you mess up, if you don't do the things you ought to do today or in this moment, well, you've got another moment and you've got another day, and you can work to do that. Sometimes we, in our human nature, we look at things and we say, well, I messed up, I guess I'll just go all the way. It's like if you're on a diet and, and you, you cheat a little on that diet, you say, well, you know, I had one piece of cake, I'll go ahead and eat the whole cake because I've already messed up. Our human nature says to do that. But, it, but God wants us to, if we ever take a step away from him, take that step right back. Do the right thing. Do whatever is needed to make it right, and then do what God wants you to do. God made churches to help us to grow, and this, these four things of verse 13 lay out for us what we are, where the end result is and the goal line is for us to grow. God placed leaders in this church to help you to grow, and God expects your leaders to teach you, to set a good example for you, to be there for you, to help you to grow. So that's on them. Or maybe it's on you if you're one of the leaders. But understand this, there is something that falls to every one of us. Each of us needs to be willing to grow. You can't blame those in charge and say, well, they didn't do this for me. No, we each individually must be willing to grow. We need to do what it takes to grow. We need to follow uh, the leadership 
of the church that you're part of and, 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 and do what it takes to help, help you to grow. God made churches to help us to grow, and I encourage you to work to grow as part of this church if you're part of this church. Understand that God made churches. Understand that God made churches to help you to serve God, and understand that God made churches to help us all to grow. This is how God designed things. This is what the Bible teaches us. But now it's up to us. This is the knowledge. What what are we going to do with this knowledge? First of all, have you accepted Jesus Christ as Savior? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? That's where it all begins. That's the need that we all have. I've known and probably have experienced this myself where I've thought, you know, if I've got to kind of clean this up and fix this thing first, and then I'll come to God. But understand this. We can't clean ourselves up enough to come to God. And that's exactly how God wants us, just as you are, just the way you are. He wants you to come to him just right now. If you need Jesus Christ as Savior, if you've never put your faith and trust in him, you don't have to work for him. We all need Jesus. We all need the forgiveness, the salvation that he offers. It is a free gift, and none of us could earn it encourage you, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, to, to just simply believe and put your faith and trust in him. If you need to know more about that, then during the time of invitation that we'll have in just a minute, I encourage you to come and, and ask a question or maybe just seek the answer that you need. Maybe you're part of this church or maybe you're not. I just want to ask you this, are you part of the church where God wants you? In the, in the time that we've met people and got to know people over the last couple of years in northwest Arkansas, we found that a lot of them are part of some churches, but we've also found that God is sometimes leading some to be a part of what we're doing. And we're thankful for that, but it's not about us. The ultimate question is, where does God want me to be? That's always the right answer when it comes to what church should I be a part of. Well, where does God want me to be? It's not about where I need to be, where I think I need to be, or it's, it's about where does God want me to be? And if you can solidly say, this is where God wants me to be, then, then praise the Lord. But maybe you're in a boat where you, you, you realize, I need to be, maybe you're here today and you hadn't joined this church yet, but God's leading you. I encourage you to follow. Finally, are you willing to serve? Are you willing to grow? Are you willing to, to, to take you from right where you are and, and take that next step of growth or maturity. You're willing to grow in the Lord. Sometimes, I don't know if it's harder for adults to, to, to think this way, but you know, sometimes we think, you know, I got it pretty good. I'm doing all right. But, you know, we all could do better in, in our service to the Lord. Maybe God's convicted your heart about something that you need to do for him. If he's leading you to do something, I encourage you to follow him. As we consider what God's word teaches about churches, I encourage you to do what God wants you to do. I'm going to ask Brother Brian to come and our musicians to come and lead a song. And um, As we uh, conclude, though, I just want to say a word of prayer together before our time of response. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the day you've given us, and I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your love for us, Lord. I thank you for salvation that you've offered to us all. I pray, Lord, that if there's someone here who's never put their faith and trust in you, that today would be that day of salvation. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, help each of us to, to follow you in whatever direction you want us to go. I thank you for faith, Missionary Baptist Church. I pray that you would continue to bless this church. I pray that you would continue to watch over 
the people, and I pray that you'd help each one to serve you this week. Thank you for your grace, your willingness to, to use us, broken vessels, to serve you and to do your work in this world. Thank you. But Lord, I ask that you would work in a mighty way and make great things happen through this church and in this community, Lord, for your kingdom. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.